0: Welcome to episode 90 of the Swamp Flix Podcast. My name is Brain in the Day.
1: And I'm Brittany Lombass
0: And we are recording in my living room in Seventh Ward New Orleans.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't even know what to say. It's like hot outside. It's just hot <laughs> everywhere. I've been very like not interested in movies that are playing in theaters right now
1: lately. Because it's too hot to get in a hot car when you like don't get paid for it. Like you have to go to work, right? You know yeah. what I mean? We need money. But like anything else, I'm like, you have to really like put like a match to my butthole to make me like (laughs) leave my house
0: every time i leave my job to go get lunch in the middle of the day i just walk outside and go
1: fuck (laughs) like the air hits you (laughs) i've just been eating weird stuff because i refuse to leave the building oh wow (laughs) snack machines yeah we have like a place like inside the building that has like overpriced like red beans and rice and stuff so i've just been like dealing with that and just trying to find the cheapest nasty stuff to eat there and um i've just been like accumulating a bunch of weird crap in my fridge and making <laughs> salads even though i wouldn't even call them salads
0: you're just like desperate and overheated and yeah. making like rash decisions <laughs> yes well also we're in this like weird middle ground between like summer blockbuster seasons kind of dead and mm-hmm. high profile oscar like prestige movies haven't really arrived yet so yeah. we're in this like weird dead zone
1: like all the cheese ball shit comes out in the summer that like it's it's just too hot to like make the trek out. But like once things get a little cooler, that's when all the good shit comes out, and then you already want to leave your house because it's so beautiful outside.
0: And I'm expecting some horror movies in the next month or two. Yeah, that, that'll get me out. Some really high concept Halloween fair. Yes, I'll be in the theater for that. Yes, absolutely. So what have you been watching in this like cinematic dead zone uh, the past few weeks? Some
1: dead cinematic films, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, the two films that I've most recently watched are both like 2019 movies. Oh. I didn't really like either one of oh, them. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> but the first one that I want to talk about is Maplethorpe. It's a biopic about Robert Maplethorpe yeah. with Matt Smith. He's Famous from being on Doctor Who for like about a season or two, I think. Um, Well, he plays Robert Mapplethorpe. Now, you would think that this would be pretty exciting, right? Is it NC
0: 17? I want some dicks and buttholes That's all over this thing.
1: exactly what I was wanting. <laughs> and it is the most vanilla film oh, that I've seen this year. And it's about like one of the most, like this whole man, like Robert Maplethorpe. like when I think of him, I just think of that like Leather Daddy crotch shot immediately or that uncircumcised black penis. Right. So I'm like, oh, this is going to be great because I love him. They did not do him justice. Like they made his life seem so dull and boring. And I'm like, how can you make like, erotic black and white photography boring and dull i have no idea but they fucking found a way to do it
0: sometimes like artists who do like transgressive sex art are like really boring people like tom of finland has Mm -hmm. this really great biopic a couple years ago Um, right but that one was actually well made but it didn't make him out to be as like wild as his art is he was like surprised that this whole like leather daddy community came out of his art and they still showed Mm the stuff even though he wasn't doing it.
1: I guess it's more so like he was just a boring character. Okay. And they didn't make him very exciting. And I get that like, the artist doesn't really have to be. But they didn't make his work exciting oh. or as like groundbreaking as it really was. It was just kind of like, oh, you're taking these like naughty pictures? Oh, weird. That's weird. Cool. And then he became famous all of a sudden. It really doesn't show how they were so ahead of their time and how it really rocked the current world whenever they came out it was weird and then um patty smith's in it of course and i don't know how they made managed to make patty smith seem average patty smith when you think of her you think of like rough and like edgy and just fucking cool and they just like made her look like this hippie chick in a park and that wasn't patty smith you know so yeah it was just very bland like, how can you make a film about Robert Mapplethorpe's life bland? I mean, because he does have, regardless of him being a boring person or whatever, like his life was super exciting. Yeah. And it just made, did not make it seem exciting. That sucks. It sucked. So yeah, I was really hoping that was going to be great. Um, and I was really looking forward to watching it. And I was super excited when I saw that it was on Canopy and I was like, oh, yes. And I started watching it and I'm like, wow, I wasted one of my 12 plays <laughs> for this month.
0: That's the kind of thing you catch at, like, a film festival or something, and you leave kind of like, And I was, that was really fine. sad because it was yeah.
1: a female director that oh, did no. this film, and this was, like, one of her, like, first major films that she directed. So I really wanted to like it for all of those reasons, you know what I mean? That seems, like, right up my alley, where it's, like, a biopic, Robert Maplethorpe. Matt Smith is playing him. They're going to touch on Patti Smith's relationship with him, and it's filmed by a female director. I was like, fuck yeah. <laughs> Sign me up to this. Yeah, it's a lot and of checkboxes. it boxes. sucked. So, yeah.
0: Remember when they had uh, his... They had that, like, queer group show at Noma, and they had his photographs and, like, John Waters stuff sectioned off in this, like, dirty area. Yeah. Like, the back of a video store. Yeah. The best dirty area ever.
1: (laughs) I think, like, because didn't you and Cece were there for, like, Hairspray? Yeah, we saw a few movies. Yeah. Like, a whole John Waters I think I, like, stayed on that row, like, longer than (laughs) I probably should have. And there was a gallery I can think of. Well, it's the gallery that donated those pieces. Oh, okay. Arthur Rogers. Arthur maybe? Rogers. And then they had another show on his gallery on Julia Street, like, a couple months after that. And I went to see it again. It was really good. I just love, like, the, the limbless, like, Vietnam War veterans and penises and just, <laughs> yeah, the penis. I mean, my thing is, like, the penis is not, like, known as the world's most, like, beautiful appendage. But the way that he, like, shoots it, you're like, wow, this is great. Like, right. you can't stop looking at him you know? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, very, usually it's a punchline. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, I was very sad and disappointed yeah, in that's this movie. A it sucked. Well, the other movie I watched and I can't figure out whether or not I like it, Under the Silver Lake. I hated it. Okay, like I feel like I'm supposed to like it cuz it's fucking weird. Yeah. And stupid and mysterious, which is like I I dig stuff like that. But for some reason I didn't dig it.
0: Yeah, I felt the same way, like it was already on VOD, but for like one week only was playing at Shelmet Movies and I was like, Oh, I gotta go support this weird Southland Tales style movie from the guy who made it follows and
1: Right. And you're I mean the previews look cool. The description of the film, like, Oh, that sounds awesome. Fucking conspiracy theories in Hollywood. Yeah. And like a weirdo perv that's like creeping on some chick. Okay. Nah.
0: It felt like a weird knockoff of De Palma's body double but like not Mm -hmm. kinky
1: there wasn't enough kink in it and that was the problem with maplethorpe too like i want more kink in these 2019 movies yeah (laughs) damn it
0: (laughs) like the movie is horny as hell but it's horniness is like going to hooters like it's very obsessed with like butts and tits
1: yeah it's like a gross horny where it's like from like a an adolescent boy pervert point of view but it's Actually, like, a fucking 33-year-old guy. Like, it's weird.
0: And I think the movie's making fun of him a little bit. It's the guy who played Spider-Man, right? Uh, Andrew Garfield. Andrew Garfield.
1: Apparently, like, a dick in real life, too. <laughs> so, yeah.
0: But he's playing this, like, L.A. hipster, and he's supposed to be kind of like a faux intellectual with, like, these, like, vanilla tastes. Right. But I don't think the movie's making fun of him enough, or at least it feels like it shares his interest in tits and ass in the same way and it's just like boring honestly
1: it's so so stupid like so basically he's trying to figure out this conspiracy going on amongst the hollywood like elite i guess and trying to figure out where his neighbor that he fucking like stalks with his binoculars she like disappeared and she's part of this and he's trying to find out where she is So he's putting these bizarre clues together that don't fucking make sense. Like, they just don't make sense. And that's
0: the point of the movie is that they don't make sense. And he finds more and more clues and tumbles further and further down the rabbit hole. And it all amounts to nothing. And it's like trolling you for, like, thinking that it's all going to click together. It wasted,
1: like, a good hour where I'm trying the whole time. I'm like, okay, how does, like, Jesus and the Brides of Dracula songs played backwards mix with this old cereal box map? And i'm like yeah i don't understand and then it just doesn't make at the end it's like whatever well it's it like fine
0: you trolled me you made me think that you were onto something but like right. what's okay what feeling am i supposed to walk away from that with
1: the only things i really enjoyed i did like jesus and the brides of dracula like their music it's like was this fun. hipster goth it's like band. this weird pop music yeah right? it just makes me felt like it made me feel weird and i really <laughs> like that And then there's the Homeless King who looks like the Burger King King. Yeah. But like a really dirty version of the Burger King King.
0: I feel like they were onto something too with that scene with the guy who writes all the famous pop songs you've ever heard in your entire (laughs)
1: life.
0: And he plays them all in piano to like sort of antagonize the hero. Right. But yeah, I just kind of left it feeling really empty and drained and like... Yeah. I put a lot of effort into something. It was exhausting and it had
1: no payoff. Right. Exactly. Exactly. um and that's how i felt so i don't know maybe i'll give it another shot and it is on canopy now so oh, nice. maybe i'll do that later on this year whenever we're like trying to do our top 10 or top 15 i'll usually try to like rewatch everything and see if my mind changes it's one of
0: my least favorite movies of the year so i don't even know if i'll put in the two and a half hours again.
1: like what if I, i'm like what if i watch it again i fucking love it yeah maybe i was just in a weird mood that day okay because i felt like like it seems like it's up like the swamp flicks alley oh, totally of being awesome yeah so i'm I'm, like, relieved to hear that you didn't like it as well, because I'm like, what's going on? So, yeah, that's kind of, like, what I've been watching recently. So uh, what have you been watching, Brandon?
0: I've had better luck with movies from the 70s than I have with (laughs) recent movies. Oh, (laughs) great. I bought this, like, Blu-ray from this new company that is from a podcast I listen to. It's the Important Cinema Club. It's these mean Canadian critics who, (laughs) uh, they do a really good mix of, like, high art and like super low trash which you know is obviously the kind of stuff we're drawn to as well absolutely and they they have a really flippant kind of way of talking about things that I find very funny and interesting and they just started this boutique label for public domain movies (laughs) and it's basically the kind of movies you'd find at a gas station or a Walmart like five dollar bin yeah but with loads of extras they put like commentary tracks and like that's awesome hidden easter eggs on the blu-ray and stuff it's very silly (laughs) I bought their first one. It's called The Dragon Lives Again. It's from 1977. Gloriously unrestored is what it says. Because it's the same (laughs) shitty transfer you'll see in like Amazon Prime or something for free. So it's cropped terribly. Like characters are cropped out of the frame while they're talking. Because it's like edited for TV. Um, The dub is like really bad audio. It's kind of hard to hear the dialogue sometimes. So it is like a gas station movie. But they added like Mm -hmm. commentary tracks and stuff like that. I can't remember the uh the name. It's it's gonna be like important cinema club classics or like uh, Gold Ninja Videos, the website that they're selling it off of. Uh, the first movie was called The Dragon Lives Again, mm-hmm. and it's a Bruce exploitation movie. Are you familiar with Bruce exploitation? Is
1: this Bruce Lee exploitation? Yes. Oh. <laughs> so
0: after Bruce Lee died, you know, obviously his star was on the rise, and there's a lot of like attention on him from the world. These martial arts. Like schlock companies started producing movies with um, actors named Bruce Leigh and Bruce Lye what? and Bruce Long. <laughs> and they would cast them in the movie as if it was Bruce Lee. And they'd make like these like dime a dozen schlock. This one is crazy. <laughs> Bruce Long plays Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee wakes up in hell after dying. This is, by the way, it's dedicated to the millions who love Bruce Lee around the world. And it opens with Bruce Lee in hell.
1: So these are characters that are like specifically playing Bruce Lee, not like a Bruce Lee type.
0: Right. It's a it's a fake pseudonym for an actor whose name is sounds like Bruce Lee. So you might be j- tricked into going to see the movie, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this case, he is playing Bruce Lee. I don't know if that's always the case, but in this case...
1: That is wild. Bruce Long is
0: playing Bruce Lee. It gets weirder. Oh, my God. So Bruce... Lee, right. quote unquote, right. wakes up in hell,
1: He's in, in hell and he
0: manages to piss off the emperor like a second after he gets there. Like the emperor of the underworld gets really mad at him. Oh, he sets off this like gang war where he teams up with Popeye, the sailor man. Hold on. And fights the emperor's gang, which is comprised of characters like the priest from the exorcist, um, Clint Eastwood, quote unquote, um, and. <laughs> I'm trying to think of other ones. James Bond is in there. Uh, <laughs> and they're all
1: in hell doing this. They're all in
0: hell. <laughs> so this sounds like the most bonkers movie you've ever seen.
1: Yes. It's not
0: that exciting. Okay. It's it's less exciting than it sounds. <laughs> okay. Uh, so like temper your expectations. It's It's got a very low key hangout energy. Most of the excitement is like the sort of postmodern copyright infringement of seeing all these different characters mixed together. And they put in, like, the bare minimum effort for you to recognize them. Obviously, Popeye the Sailor Man is not animated. So it's just, you know, some Chinese actor...
1: Not like Robin Williams. In, like,
0: a sailor costume with a corncob pipe. And they just call him Popeye. Whoa. And the movie has a lot of fun with, like, Bruce Lee's legacy. Uh, Sometimes it's, like, wholesome fun. Like, he'll be in a fight and he'll say, like, now enter the dragon and, like, punch people. (laughs) And sometimes it's them joking about how he was basically a slut with a big dick. Um, <laughs> like, one of the first scenes when he's still, like, got the sheet over him and he's dead, his nunchucks are sticking out of his pocket and all the women mistake it for his, like, bulging erection are, oh like, tittering around him. Like, So they're really, like, fucking with his legacy and, like, his uh, public reputation in this, like, really sleazy way. So...
1: It wasn't so much as they were honoring Bruce Lee as trying to make money off of him. Right. It's exploitation. It's bruce exploitation. Oh, yeah. You you said that shit. And
0: they're, like, leaning into the exploitation in this one. I think other ones are more, like, loving or just, like, knockoffs Mm -hmm. of stuff like Enter the Dragon.
1: Then I guess it's, like, all in, like, what you want. Like, if I would die, I would rather somebody do that about me. And I would look at that as being more, like, an homage to my life. So maybe Bruce Lee would have liked it.
0: You'll never know. He's we'll dead.
1: Never know he's dead and <laughs> might be in hell. Right. I
0: don't know. Which is funny because right now there's a lot of debates about his public image because of um, Quentin Tarantino's got it, like a gag sort of making fun of him in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood.
1: Which I'm not going to watch till it's available. I don't on even Netflix, want to get into the argument.
0: People it, have had okay. this argument about it for like almost a month or two. It's really? been very boring. Okay. This movie's not as boring because <laughs> okay. obviously it's just weird okay. to see all these characters mix uh-huh. in a. Uh, I'm trying to remember other ones. The Godfather is in there somewhere. Uh, there's a softcore porn character named Emmanuel who's in a few like pornos. Oh. She's there. It's just a weird mix of like At what 70s year was icons. This? 77. Seventy-seven.
1: Oh, so like late 70s. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: And it's got kind of like a grindhouse feel to it where like they like really lean into the fact that this is an R-rated exploitation piece. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of scenes in the Emperor's like bathhouses where like his harem of like naked women are just sort of hanging around and it's a gross movie, and it's very low energy, mm-hmm. except for a few fight scenes that are like scattered throughout.
1: Now, what does hell look like in here? Like is just it... like
0: a small town.
1: Oh, <laughs> like okay. a small western village, more like Highway to Hell type. Yeah, hell town, not like a bunch of like steamy black rocks. And okay,
0: there are a few scenes that feel like they're in caves or something, but for That's the most I would part, think it's hell like, like yeah, yeah. The <laughs> <For laughs> most part, it's like out in the open in this like small town. Okay. Like it's a low budget. Copyright infringing, public domain, cheapy, But it's just so weird. Like, Great. Just the existence of it is admirable. (laughs) So that was weird.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very.
0: And I also dragged myself out to a midnight movie at Britannia.
1: Oh, I haven't been to one of those in like maybe two years.
0: It was longer for me. It's been a long time.
1: I was obsessed for a while. It's hard not to fall asleep now. (laughs) Yeah, first of all, I can't stay up that late. Even though they're on like Saturday nights. Um, But they haven't really been... It's just the Rocky Horror Picture Show over and over and over Mm. and over again, which is fabulous, but... Well, last week they had a 4K
0: digital restoration of Phantasm from 1979. Nice. I'd never seen it before. Have you
1: seen that? Phantasm. I get Phantasm and Hellraiser confused. Hellraiser is the box. Yes. Phantasm is the old man with the weird gray hair. And the orb. And the orb. Yeah. I don't remember much about it.
0: See, I've seen the sequels here or there. Like, I have a four-pack horror thing that has Phantasm Two on it. And, Me too. And that's I, the kind of thing I've seen it on. I
1: hate whenever you get those horror packs. And it's like, like, I have one for, like, the fun house. And it's I think Ph-
0: Phantasm Two's on that same yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay.
1: I haven't watched it. So it's it's like the serpent in the rainbow, fun house, and then... S- yeah. Which I'm assuming is about a snake. I haven't watched that yet either. Yeah. And then it's Phantasm 2. Like, not even the fucking first one. Just throw in a sequel just because. Yeah. It's so stupid. So
0: I didn't really know what to expect. Because those sequels, it's mostly, like you said, like this old man with this, like, orb. Right. And basically people go to his area, and he, like, kills them with the orb. And it's like a slasher movie. Um, So that's kind of what I thought this would be okay. as well. It turned out more to be... Like The Gate or The Pit. Oh, Uh, that's up your alley. It's a really weird movie where like the threat is just like this nightmare puzzle that just keeps like changing the rules every few minutes. And I loved it. If Boomer hasn't seen it either, maybe we should do that for Movie of the Month some month next year. Yeah. First of all, it's like a locally funded and crewed movie. Mm. Like most of the crew was from Long Beach, which is where Don Coscarelli is from who made it. So it's just basically people, like, putting on a show uh, on, like, a low budget. Wow. And it somehow turned into this, like, six sequel, like, decades running a horror thing where, like, the tall man is almost as recognizable as, like, Jason and Freddy and Chucky and all right, them. Right,
1: but you don't fucking know anything about... The, well, I didn't know anything about the movie. Me neither. But I re- I could recognize, like, the character.
0: And what, what um, you do recognize nice. is that he... It's like basically like a funeral parlor mortician. He
1: looks very dusty.
0: And he hangs out in a mausoleum and he has this orb that like flies around and attaches itself to your head. No. And then drains the goo out of you in this like spurt, like a geyser of blood. Uh, (laughs) Oh, gross. And the effects are really good. For a 70s movie that was made like locally, it is an exceptionally well done movie special effects wise. That's just one thing that he does though. He also describes himself as this like hot babe and like lures men to like graveyards.
1: He disguises himself or like, he, he just like, like
0: transforms into it. Oh he, like, I thought... The- he doesn't dress and drag. He like uh, I was know, hoping that's what that'd was happening. That'd be great, too, because he's, like, an old man.
1: <laughs> I know. And I'm like, ooh, who's following him, and what's their story? <laughs> <laughs> the guy who played him, uh, Angus
0: Scrim, is, like, really interesting looking. <laughs>
1: he has a very crazy name, yeah. too.
0: And he just died, like, a couple years ago. Wow. I think that's when the series, like, finally had to quit.
1: Okay. <laughs> um,
0: it's like, well, it's kind of over now. He also has this army of, like, small dwarves that he sends to, like, this alien planet to work on his, like, desert farm. I don't even know what they were making for him, but uh, they're basically these, like, alien dwarf slaves that he, like, transports around. Shit. And it's just things like that. Like, the movie just keeps changing the rules in this, like, nightmare logic kind of way. Uh, so it's not just teens being, like, ritually torn apart by the same mechanism. Mm-hmm. It's more this, like... I'd like the gate or the pit where it's like how many different ideas do you need to throw into this one movie? <laughs> like it's like they just kept coming up with new stuff every ten minutes and just rolling with it. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's my exact favorite kind of thing. It's like you've got this weird nightmare logic and this like surreal kind of um set design. It looks like the Black Lodge from Twin Peaks sometimes or uh or like a dakiririco painting, which is like classic surrealist paintings. Mm-hmm. and it has also. Just this, like, let's put on a show, community, low-budget genre film patina to it as well. So I loved it. It was a five-star experience.
1: Oh, my God. And I was
0: expecting basically nothing special, like a slasher movie with some, like, you know, sci-fi elements. And it ended up being something way weirder than that.
1: Wow. Yeah.
0: So I think maybe we should do that for Movie of the Month sometime.
1: Yeah. That'd be great because then if we could watch that, then I can finally watch Phantasm too, <laughs> that I've been having in my video collection for 16 years Yeah, that I, I haven't touched. Definitely
0: already watched it out of order whenever I bought that because I was less precious about that stuff at the time. But yeah. now I probably would have waited. Well, I'll wait. Yeah. <laughs> I'll wait for it. I will say... Uh, maybe I'll
1: watch... I was well, going to say, the Snake movie
0: does have, like, a really fun strip tease kill. Great. Where, yeah, the little strippers dancing with the snake. Uh, Done. That's really fun.
1: I'm there. But I don't remember <laughs>
0: much else about it. Uh, <laughs> Great. It's a weird collection. <laughs> I mostly brought up those movies as well because we're watching a bunch of, like, high-concept genre films today.
1: Very high-concept, right?
0: <laughs> They're all concept and nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> we were joking about how, like, little notes we took for this episode because, like... <laughs> It's kind of just all there it's in the really premise. Not that much to say. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe we'll drag it out a little we bit. We will.
1: I think we're gonna have a lot to say about it, but I don't think there was anything like note notable. <laughs>
0: I actually imagine being in the theater with, like, a notebook makes you look like a psychopath for something like uh, this. We're talking about um, children's games thrillers. So, like, thrillers <laughs> that are, like, based off of, like, childhood games. Right. Mostly hide-and-seek. Uh, that's, like, yes, two-thirds of that's it. that's the big game. <laughs> yeah. And all that's coming up to you
1: right now. Who wants to play a game?
0: It's time for
1: hide-and-seek.
0: Run, run, run. Time to run and hide. Run, run, run. And now I'm going to find. You scurry off into the darkness. Hurry, I'm behind you. Don't you speak.
1: Hide and seek.
0: And now it's time for our movie The Minute. This is where hosts of the show bounce back and forth recommending films to each other. And this time it was Brittany's turn to pick. What do we watch today, Brittany?
1: We went out to theaters and we spent our hard-earned money on a film called ready or not
0: which was really good which
1: was fucking phenomenal and i would i would have paid double it was so good (laughs) you know ready or not is a film and i know we we talked about how these were very high level board game movies well Ready or Not is a film that is about a woman who is marrying into a very wealthy family, and this family's wealth is built on a board game empire, and they're all a bunch of weirdos, a bunch of fucking like rich weirdos, rich right? eccentrics, yeah. Yes, so she gets married and she has her wedding at their like estate, which is this fucking gorgeous, creepy as hell like mansion. And when they're celebrating their wedding night, right, and they're about to, like, get it on, his creepy Aunt Helene, who is probably the best character in this movie. I felt
0: so tense because I wanted to scream and delight every time Aunt Helena showed up on the screen, or Aunt Helene. Right. And (laughs) no one in the theater was laughing early in the movie. Like, it took the crowd to warm up to the humor of it a little bit. So, like, this, like, Same. involuntary squeal was coming out of me every time I saw this character.
1: Well, so Aunt Helene... So, she this isn't the first time she shows up, is whenever they're about to, like, get it on for their wedding night. So, during their nuptials, she looks so pissed off during this entire ceremony, and she looks like Ursula the Sea Witch, <laughs> and she has this, like, silk, dark purple, like, thing draped over her, and she just looks like she's, like murdered someone and she's ready to murder she's someone miserable. again she i laughed so hard oh, yeah. whenever like for the wedding ceremony when the like, camera zoomed in on her just being pissed off in the corner <laughs> i thought that was so funny so Aunt Haley's in the bedroom and she's like you know we're we ready to play this game so the bride and i keep calling her the bride it's so funny because her name is grace but she's like anything but graceful and i fucking love it mm-hmm. <laughs> so Grace is like okay wh- you know what's going on and her new husband is like well my family has this like tradition that when we bring someone new into the family we have to play this game and you don't know what game it is yet but we have to play it at midnight And then you're going to officially be in the family. And it's super weird. And I love her reaction to everything because she's like, that's fucking weird. But I guess I'll play it. She makes these really goofy
0: (laughs) reaction faces to everything. Like she has like a, okay, I guess we're going for it.
1: Yeah, she's like, sure. Yeah. She's so funny. Well, so they play this game. And before they play the game, the father goes over, the father of the family goes over like the history of why they're doing it. So their, like, great-great-grandfather made a deal with this guy named Mr. LaBelle, who's probably, like, Satan. Or Satan Spawn. Or Or Satan Spawn, or an assistant of Satan himself. Something like that, right? Yeah. And basically, every time that someone is brought into their family, they have to put a card in this box. This little magic box. And then the new family member pulls the card out, and it tells them what game they have to play. And if they don't follow these rules, then something bad happens to their family. And the reason that this deal was made with Mr. LaBelle is so that they could be fucking filthy rich, right? So they're playing this game and everyone is like kind of cringing because they don't want it to be hide and seek for some reason. They want it to be like checkers. Old maid. Old maid. Something like that. But hide and seek, they're like, fuck, please don't let it be hide and seek. And she picks the card, and it is hide-and-seek. And she's like, oh, this is weird. Like,
0: <laughs> The reason they don't want it to be hide-and-seek is because they kind of like her. Right. They're w- aware that a nice person is somehow married into the family. And that's like a rare treat for and them. And
1: bringing... The guy that she's marrying has left the family. And then he comes back to marry her. And they're so glad that like he's back. And they don't want to lose him again. So they really like her and they know like if she picks hide and seek essentially what they have to do is play hide and seek but when they find her they have to fucking kill her right and they don't want to do that because then he'll probably just be fucking pissed off at them forever and never come back home but they have to do that in order to keep their family going so it's kind of like this whole film they're playing hide and seek and poor heart she's just like uh, okay, I guess I'll hide. And she's, like, not putting that much thought into it. <laughs> and I think there's, like, one part where the dad's, like, you better find, like, a great place to hide or something. And he says something like, oh, we can keep this going on until, like, the morning. And she's, like, no. <laughs> like, she's, like, I just want to go to bed. <laughs> I, I, don't I don't want to
0: spend my entire wedding night in a dumb waiter, you know. <laughs> yeah, like, hanging out. Right.
1: <laughs> and hiding. So then, like, she begins to realize that this game is, like, legit a real hide and seek where they're like hunting her and they're hunting her with like antique weapons, which is really cool. Like it's not like a semi-automatic weapon. It's like an old fashioned pistol, an ax. Yeah, They're very (laughs)
0: into tradition.
1: Yeah. So they're essentially hunting her throughout the house and they have to kill her before sunrise or else something bad's going to happen to the family. Yep. So that's about the gist of it. I fucking loved this movie. It's probably one of my favorites of 2019. For sure. I really liked
0: it too. Yeah, it was a lot of fun.
1: I loved Grace's character so much. There's just this part where she starts to really start to defend herself and she's wearing like dirty Converse her wedding dress is torn so she can run faster she's covered in blood and she's just like smoking a cigarette with like a bullet belt wrapped around yeah her, and it's so funny
0: and she catches a glimpse of herself in the mirror and goes oh like <laughs> yes. like i've really like fallen from <laughs> like, what the pristine I? <laughs> level i was earlier
1: right so how did you feel about this movie
0: i loved it and yeah. i loved a lot of like attention to detail stuffs and like yes. small things First of all, what you were just mentioning, like her costuming and all the costume in the movie is so, so good. so good.
1: Like, hello, Aunt Helene. Oh. And the maids. Oh, the maids are all these Their like costumes. fashion model yes. looking maids? with like these high collared, like chokers? black. Yeah, like chokers and then like black velvet dresses. Yeah. <laughs> they look like the Robert Palmer girls <laughs> in the Addicted <laughs> to Love video.
0: <laughs> I liked that a lot. Anytime Aunt Helene showed up on the screen, I wanted to squeal right like, she's amazing
1: fabulous woman
0: the house has this like old dark house feel where it's like a classic haunted house movie with
1: like hi- there's like hidden um like hallways passages. and doors yeah. and passages yeah which
0: they explain as being like the servants passages but
1: as far as this like sick-ass family can play hide and see right right
0: <laughs> exactly <laughs> totally <laughs> uh i loved all that stuff and i don't want to give anything away right obviously because it's still in the theaters yes. but it does what is my favorite thing about movies like this they have like a high concept The final 10 minutes just escalates in this exponential way. It's wild. Where it just gets more and more delirious (laughs) and ends at its most ridiculous point. Mm -hmm. And that's like my favorite trajectory for this kind of movie. Like if you're going to do something silly and over the top, you got to bring it home in a way that like really pushes it. And I was just so satisfied by the final 10 minutes. If it had like sort of calmed down and like done something a little like more sober, Mm -hmm. I probably still would have walked away pleased. But... The feeling walking away was like, oh, wow, this is like one of my favorite trips to the theater that I can remember recently. It was
1: so such a fun, like fun time. Like the whole movie was just for a game of hide and seek. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's stupid exciting. Yeah. Every second of it.
0: Another thing we should talk about that yeah. like really makes it good, just Samara weaving in the lead role. Like we've already kind of talked about like the faces she makes and yes. how much of a goofball she is in the movie and like how lovable she is like instantly. How familiar are you with her? Because I've kind of fallen in love with her in the recent years.
1: Um, that's I th- that's the only thing I recall seeing her in that I could think of. Did
0: you see McGee's The Babysitter where she plays like?
1: Oh, is that her? Yeah, she was the ba- the babysitter. Yeah, she's great. Okay, in that. yep.
0: And it's a different role, right? Like, in that one, she plays this goofy character. But with
1: that same style of humor.
0: Right. Yeah. But then she turns evil very early in the movie. And, like, she's the wicked threat uh, because she's part of, like, a satanic cult. Right. Uh, (laughs) And that movie has, like, this, like, very sugary bubblegum pop kind of feel to it. Yeah,
1: like a Britney Spears music video. But bloody. But super gory and satanic. So she's great in that. And she (laughs) has like a
0: a one scene appearance in Monster Trucks, which, you know, I love Monster Trucks.
1: It's on Tubi TV now, so I will be watching it. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't seen it yet.
0: She's barely in it, but she's memorable in it. Okay. And also, she just looks exactly like her uncle, Hugo Weaving, except she's gorgeous.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Her character is so, like, bold in this movie where she's coming into this, like, rich family, but she's totally not intimidated by them Mm-mm. and she doesn't let them like shit on her and she doesn't give like two craps of what they really think about her she's just trying to be polite to make it an easy transition for her husband and i loved this so much because in, in movies that have you know like a husband kind of screws over the wife but still loves her and tries to help her and she like is like oh i understand and i get it and i know you did this like she's never does that she's mad at him she's just like dude you're such an asshole for fucking doing this to me you should have warned me right and it never gets to that sappy level and i fucking love that like i i didn't want her to be like i get it and i forgive you and i love you let's get through this together it didn't do that
0: but she does allow him to help her a little bit and other cast members like because they kind of want her to survive and they're not fully convinced that the curse is real uh they like want to help her a little bit just to see what happens like this feels like an ancient tradition that they're not sure why they're doing it right and that does feel like when you you know join someone else's family you have to like go to these weird rituals that you don't know anything about it's very sinister um her approach to it's very lovable she kind of turns it into a game where she's like kind of laughing and like oh this is a very goofy thing i have to do (laughs) until until people are shooting crossbows at her
1: right Uh, (laughs) which they have no aim and they just keep killing the wrong people right
0: But the movie really doesn't, doesn't really have that much to say other than like marrying into families is really weird and alienating and can feel very sinister. Mm -hmm. And also rich people are fucking weird.
1: They're so weird. And yeah, and it really played into like how like rich people are like old money and their tradition. Mm -hmm. I just kept thinking about like these like uptown families that like all their kids go to the same schools. And it's like they go to like Newman because the mother went to Newman and the great grandmother and blah, blah. blah. And it's just like these lines of tradition. Nobody breaks them. And it's so stupid. And I love how it was that showed how stupid it was. Yeah.
0: And I kind of like that the older people in the family, like the brother and sister that are like have been in the family the longest, Mm -hmm. they are the ones who are really gung ho about keeping it traditional. Yeah. Especially Aunt Helene. She is so committed.
1: Don't fuck with it. She, she wants to kill you so She's the one that so was bad. like, don't y'all turn those cameras on. Because they have cameras throughout this mansion because they're fucking rich. And using the cameras would give them a leg up on finding her, right? Right. And they don't use them mm-hmm. because Aunt Helene is like, that's not how it's traditionally played.
0: And the younger kids are more like, who gives they're a like, shit? They're like, we have technology. Why are we Let's doing fucking this? use it. Yeah. Yeah. And they're also very inept. Like, Aunt Helene is wielding an axe and she's really good at mm-hmm. chopping heads with it when she has to. Totally. Uh, the younger kids don't know how to fire a gun. They're, like, kind of rich and useless. and Yeah, like,
1: they're all jacked up on coke. Yeah, they, yeah they're <laughs> they also cooked on minds. <laughs> and I do love how, like, children aren't off limits in this movie. Oh, yeah. Which is great. Like, I hate whenever it's like, oh, the kids are, like, the good guys and they don't get hurt. Yeah. <laughs>
0: They're, like, offered fuck sympathy that. until they fuck up. And as soon yeah. as they fuck up, it's like, oh, you're part of the problem. Yes. I need to stop you, too. I know. It's, like,
1: hard not to talk about, like, too many things to spoil it. But yeah. there is a fabulous goat pit scene. Oh, God. That, like, I almost threw up. Nasty. Like, in the theater. Because it's, like, you could smell it. Yeah. Just by watching it.
0: <laughs> and I love how nasty the movie gets. This oh. is a Disney movie, by the way. Really? Well, it was it was made by 20th Century Fox. Who um Disney absorbed and, you know, is distributing all the stuff mm-hmm. that they made before that um acquisition. Okay. Uh and so now this is like a Disney film that could have been shelved or like put straight to VOD. I'm glad they committed to this late summer thing. It's and I hope awesome. it does well enough that they'll let 20th Century Fox keep making nasty shit like this. Because like the goat gore and like the <laughs> body horror of like different things her body has to go through for her to survive and like oh, other characters yeah. getting ineptly accidentally killed by members of the family by mistake the maids don't fare very well i mean the trailer kind of gives that away but it, uh, yeah
1: like one of them kind of gets chopped in half Yep. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so i don't know there's a lot of fun stuff like that and it's just yeah. like kind of perversely funny that you know Disney ended up it's committing to this
1: so it's probably really high to, on top of the list of like like dark humor movies mm-hmm. it's very good and yeah, it does it's dark nasty. humor very well so yeah I fucking loved it also I didn't know that there was like a hide and seek song
0: Oh, yeah, the novelty record they play when they're hiding. I think that was made for the movie, right?
1: I don't know. I I didn't, like, research it, but I'm like, oh, that's weird. I'm like, so is there, like, a song you play that is literally 100 seconds long?
0: (laughs) Run and hide. (laughs) Run and hide. (laughs) It reminded me of um, Run Rabbit from the opening of Get Out. And, like, like he's Stanfield's, like, walking around that neighborhood. Yeah. (laughs) One more thing before we wrap up. Yeah. Do you think Aunt Helene is too niche of a character for a drag act? Because she has a very specific look. She has this like shock of white hair that's like pulled back in like a fireball shape. Yeah. So
1: much hair gel.
0: And she, like you said earlier, she's that shiny purple cape. She's or, like Prince Purple. She's
1: Ursula. Yeah. A hundred. Yes. That heavy
0: eye makeup. Like you could do a recognizable Aunt Helene. With like
1: a big axe. Oh God. Yeah. Absolutely. I
0: just hope, I don't know, I hope she becomes iconic enough for that to happen because I feel like I should see that in my life. lifetime.
1: Aunt Helene drag act. Yes. I was thinking about that too. Um, I went to see with my cousin and he made a comment whenever um grace like we were talking about her when she has her whole look together bullet belt blood all that stuff he was like that'd be a great halloween costume bride of
0: rambo or something yeah Yeah. and i'm like oh fuck
1: yeah it would (laughs) oh so i thought it was interesting how like our hero smokes cigarettes and i feel like a lot of movies like stay away from like females smoking cigarettes where there's like you know a lot of like these action films and thrillers you see like a lot of men smoking but it's like you don't see women smoking that often and i love that she was like fuck
0: that's like the give f- me that. first hint you get that she's like tougher than she looks yes yeah the
1: six. yeah
0: <laughs> and yeah the movie lets her start off really pristine and like fashion model magazine samara weaven gets compared to margot robbie a lot she has this like very like they have the same like model. face shape, yeah. too. Except one hair. looks exactly like Hugo weaving. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then, yeah, by the end, she's allowed to get really nasty. That's like, awesome. she's just covered in sinew and blood, and blood. and, and Yeah.
1: Her lambs are all fucked up. Yeah. So, yeah, speaking of her the casting was pretty great for this movie too like between Anne helene and then fucking andy mcdowell
0: she is awful in this she's so bad i
1: loved her she's such like a good like creepy old southern mom like she has that welcome to our home lights her cigarette is mysterious and like really bitchy but in a powerful way i thought she was
0: amusingly bad um if i was casting that character i think i would have gone with jennifer coolidge because uh, she was giving the same performance oh. but not as funny oh. <laughs> i don't know
1: Could she have done that andy mcdowell high ponytail yeah
0: and you have probably the best adam brody performance since the right. oc maybe i don't know
1: poor thing he's just known for being on the damn oc <laughs> yeah. but he was great in here yeah i, I so loved too. him yeah yeah so like a lot of good actors and yeah. wherever they that's found Anne helene that's i want more of her like, I need to find out, like, what her IMDb page says and do some hunting on her.
0: Maybe character of the year? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I can't think of oh, any better. Oh, we should do,
1: like, a character of the year thing. Yeah. Like, where we, like, have, like, our own Oscars.
0: She's in the running.
1: <laughs> she might win. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tiptoe to the cellar or crawl under your bed. Anywhere you fled,
0: I am going to find you. Stay inside the shadows, all you girls and boys. Don't you make a noise you run 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 creep up on my brain run 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 stalk the night away scuttle off into the night but what'll be behind you don't you speak hide and seek so what other children's game thriller did we watch today
1: you know what i just love hide and seek so much like the game yeah and we watched ready or not right so ready or not is essentially a hide and seek sort of Movie. honestly
0: should have been the title of ready or not hide and seek right yeah
1: but they probably couldn't because it'd be too comparable to another hit feature film <laughs> called hide and seek from yeah. 2005
0: extremely popular <laughs> so i bought this on a dvd from a goodwill three years ago it's just been sitting on my shelf unwatched
1: aren't you so glad you got to watch it yeah
0: i'm glad i waited till now um <laughs> So why did you pick hide and seek?
1: Well, we were thinking like, okay, what's like a good thriller play like based on like a children's game? And I immediately thought of hide and seek because this is probably one of the first thrillers that I saw like in a movie theater around this time. I want to say like the two movies that I were like I was really into were hide and seek and like one hour photo. I don't know if one hour photo came out like before or after. It's a little earlier, yeah. But it was like. You know, these big, you know, Robert De Niro, Robin Williams, like these big actors making like trashy thriller movies that I really enjoyed. But I really liked it. And I'm like, oh, that'd be a great, great movie to watch. So a little bit about hide and seek, right? The game isn't played all that much in this movie, right? This movie is about, there's just something about thrillers where, Whenever there is a child involved, the parents are like 60 years old and they're filthy fucking rich. Yeah, So it's like, can only like wealthy rich people, they wait to have kids till they're like 50 or something like that. Like something like that's going on. So there's Robert De Niro. He's the father. He's a psychiatrist and he does have a wife and they have a small child together played by Miss Dakota Fanning. In her prime. In her prime. (laughs) Yes. It's
0: like a nine-year-old child.
1: (laughs) So the wife kills herself very violently in the bathtub of their family apartment in New York City which is like right by S- Central Park so loaded people right and to sort of get the little girl's mind off of things they Robert De Niro takes her away to their country estate like in upstate New York out in the out in the country and she's healing and so is he and i guess like Where the hide and seek game comes in. Like she played it with her mother and he plays it with her. And then it turns out that she gets like another friend while she's up there. And her friend is Charlie and he's imaginary. And then shit starts to go down.
0: And she plays hide and seek with Charlie a few times around the house Plays it with Charlie, right? Yeah.
1: And um, as time progresses, things start to happen where it doesn't seem like Charlie's imaginary anymore. Like, a cat gets killed. Weird messages are written in, like, blood on shit. And you're trying to figure out, like, okay, who is fucking Charlie? Is this little girl doing all this on her own? Is she crazy? Or is there, like, some weirdo demon or ghost? Or is it that there's, like, a, a weird neighbor who, like lives like not that far from them where it's this kind of older gentleman too like around Robert De Niro's age and he lost a child. And they
0: make it kind of seem like he has like a sexual interest in Dakota Fanning. Which is super creepy. Yeah.
1: So you're like, okay, is he... Who the fuck is Charlie?
0: Also, I thought one possibility was like... There's a few movies where this is the twist um, and to name drop any of them is a spoiler and it always frustrates me because I love it. Uh, It's that someone is living in the walls. Ooh. (laughs) I love that. Like the
1: boy. Like Charlie's this like creepy guy who's living in the walls. I don't... I mean... I don't think it's that bad to spoil this
0: I think you kind of have to, but I want to hold off a little bit. Okay. I do want to say I liked it pretty well. Okay. It's got a terrible reputation. I think it has like a 13% on Rotten Tomatoes or something like that. It's so
1: interesting because fucking like Dakota Fanning like acted the fuck out of that role and like made Robert De Niro look like shit. And
0: that's why I wanted to hold off for a second. (laughs) Which is awesome. She is so good in this and she's like acting circles around him. He's like barely alive. I know. (laughs) And then I want to say in the last 15 minutes because of the twist, the movie suddenly lets him like heighten himself and like, it's almost like he's hiding in plain sight and just sort of like Oh, it's really bad that you're still sad and like right, all these messages and blaming them in on on Charlie. And then in the last 10 15 minutes, he's allowed to just go buck wild and get fun. Right. And I actually really had a lot of fun with, you know,
1: Crazy, Robert crazy De Crazy De Niro. Yeah, he cuz he's so like he he has a lot of like grandpa energy. Like you trust him, he's in meet the parents, meet the fuckers. Does he and have stuff. some dirty
0: grandpa energy?
1: Well, (laughs) At the end he kind of does I've
0: I've seen him masturbate with his clothes off Thanks to that movie (laughs) And that image Will just stick with me forever
1: (laughs) But you know what I mean like you wouldn't expect him To ever be like a bad Guy that's gonna pop off and when he does, it's awesome. And that's why I think I compare this a lot to One Hour Photo. Because that movie is the same. Like, you're like, Robin Williams can't be, like, a bad guy. That's weird. And then when he is, you're like, holy shit, it's even creepier. Yeah, you know? but I don't think that one hides it much. Like, he's, like, a creep the whole time. I, I looked at him as being, like, a, a sad, depressed dad. I mean, he's, like, this older parent who's now a single parent that has, like, a, a fucking kid who's dealing with, like, a suicide in her from her mother And he can't handle it. And he's a psychiatrist and he can't fix her. So I just look at him as being like depressed the whole time.
0: I think we can talk about the twist now. Yeah, let's talk about the twist. (laughs) Yeah. The twist is that he is Charlie and he has like multiple personalities in this sort of like Norman Bates way where he is punishing himself for having killed his wife. Charlie's messages on the wall are all about how she died because of you. It's your fault that she's dead. Mm -hmm. Referring to the wife who killed herself. Uh, quote unquote but really robert de niro and or his like charlie persona is responsible for the death
1: so i what i think happened or like what i thought was the coming of charlie i guess whenever she first brings up charlie as her imaginary friend robert de niro takes that and consults with his colleague catherine who like specializes in children's psychology And she says, well, maybe you can use Charlie to get through to her. And after she said that, I was like, oh, was Charlie like her imaginary friend? And then he used that personality. Then he became Charlie after that. Or was he Charlie the whole time? Unclear. You know what I mean? Like, what if he just, like, took embodied that and is like, hey, I'm actually Charlie and I want to hang out with you. I don't know. know. Like,
0: when it's revealed, it seems like he doesn't really know what he's doing. The reveal is that he goes to get something out of his office where he's been running his psychiatry practice. And he goes in there and it turns out that he never unpacked after they moved in. And all this Mm -hmm. stuff is still in boxes. And he starts to, like, dial the clock back and be like, oh, yeah, I've just been, you know, imagining that I've been hanging out in my office while Charlie does all these murders. And it was actually me the whole time, and I was just sort of disassociating. It's very sleazy and like that, like sort of mental health uh, way that like a lot of thrillers are going back all the way to Psycho. Right. But if you like this kind of sleazy movie, it's, it's fun. <laughs>
1: it's a fun movie.
0: And his performance once they let that go, like once you realize that De Niro is the killer. He is allowed to chew the
1: scenery the same way Dakota Fanning has been. Right. He becomes, like, almost animalistic, too. And he, like, retreats to this nasty cave in the woods full of, like, a bunch of butchered baby dolls, like, in this stagnant water. It's so gross.
0: (laughs) Because it's so restrained and, like, you know, serious the whole time and, like, using those same baby dolls from that cave, like, as... Scares and like the little girl's supposed to be scary until you realize that she's not the one doing all the stuff. This is my take on this movie. This is basically a knockoff of the Sixth Sense, right? It's dressed up exactly like the Sixth Sense, mm-hmm. and then it has the like reveal that and, like the others changes too, everything. Where it's like
1: you've it's been you the whole time, yeah. being the asshole.
0: But the, the others has more of like a classic gothic tradition, whereas this is like childhood you don't think psychiatry, this is classic
1: gothic. I mean, I guess I'm joking. Just, it is, yeah. isn't. It?
0: <laughs> I mean, I can see what you're saying. I, I just. <laughs> This is like, you know, child psychology, mumbo jumbo, mixed with like some like kind of handsome studio filmmaking and this giant twist at the end. I think
1: it was like a mix of the two of them, though. The daughter and the father. Because remember when she dresses up like Lydia from Beetlejuice to dinner? (laughs) (laughs) Like that was weird, right? And I
0: think part of the implication, and it's hard to piece all this together because a lot of it happens off screen because it's like trying to hide information from you. Mm -hmm. Is that her and Charlie were like teaming up and Charlie was like making her play. With, like, the bodies and stuff. Oh, totally. And we don't see any of that. Probably, thankfully, for our own good. Thank God. We don't (laughs) want to see Dakota Fanning doing that. Right. But she's exceptionally good playing what we think is creepy, but really it's disturbed.
1: Right. Uh, She's good at being, like, a non-obnoxious, like, 10-year-old or 11-year-old in the beginning. And you really, like, feel bad for her, like, when her mom dies. You're like, oh, because she was such a a cool kid. And then she, like, plays a disturbed child so fucking well, too. She's just so great. She popped up in
0: um, the new Tarantino movie once upon a time in Hollywood. Really, she has like maybe one or two scenes, and she's really creepy in it. Uh, But in this case, she's playing a like drug addicted Charles Manson, the other Charlie friend. Yeah, you're right. I didn't even think about that. It's her (laughs) other Charlie. (laughs) But yeah, I, I mean she's exceptionally well behaved in this. Like she has like a lot of control over her it doesn't seem like they got a good performance out of her. It seemed like she was actually acting and working. It's kind of fucked up that we have kids doing that, but know. you know, her, she's good at it. Her
1: childhood probably fucking sucked.
0: Oh, I'm sure it did. Yeah,
1: but thanks for making this fun twisty thriller, Dakota Fanning, for our pleasure.
0: <laughs> Can I say one more thing about it before we move on? Yeah. Okay. I popped in the D V D. And the first thing it asked me was, which ending do you want? And it gave me five (laughs) options. Did you go through all five? After I watched it. Oh. (laughs) I just watched the theatrical version, and then I was like, "Okay, I still watch the deleted." So, what endings. are
1: the other endings? I don't know about this. I don't have it on DVD.
0: Ah, so it's after I have it on VHS. <laughs> it's after the De Niro crisis is over. Okay, and then it's what her life is like after. With I think Vera Farmiga is the, uh, the other psychiatrist that. She Fam
1: Famick Jen- Jensen. Oh, Famka Jensen. Famka. Yeah, yeah.
0: So, uh, after she adopts the kid, there's different versions of like what happened. Um, I think this is the one that's actually in the theatrical one actually is the best option. Uh Uh, The other ones are just like small variations. Like, oh, she's actually under observation at the mental ward. Uh, She's not actually in bed. And they play like the hide and seek game one more time. (laughs) Um, In some of those, they indicate that she has a second personality like Charlie and that kind of thing. It's not as good as the actual ending. The actual ending, I think they, they chose well. It's just funny to me that like... They had no idea what they wanted to the point where they filmed five different alternates and like <laughs> screen tested them and then included them all in the DVD. It's so
1: funny because, like, I don't know that much about like, I'm not like a psychology guru or anything, but from what I remember, like, DID is super rare. And like in movies like this, it makes it seem like shit, everybody's got it. It's a great excuse for like an actor's showcase, right? Oh, totally. Like uh um
0: United States of Terror. Tony Collette?
1: Yeah. Fabulous.
0: Raising Kane with um. But in John this Lithgow. movie, it's like
1: your dad has it and you have it too, and your kids are gonna have it right. too. Like it just makes it seem like you can um like pass it on like the damn flu.
0: <laughs> or that if something traumatic <laughs> happens to you, it'll like automatically trigger it. Triggers it. it. Yeah. Right.
1: Which is fun. I think it's fun.
0: I think, yeah, I think it makes for good movie fodder as long as you, like, don't hold it up to real morality. Because it is kind of, like, sleazy. But, Mm -hmm. I mean, horror and thrillers in general are sleazy against, like, psychopathic deviations from, like, normal brain function. Mm -hmm. It's just kind of part of the exploitation genre in general. Right. (laughs) If I'm okay with watching Bruce Lee's legacy, get a shadow over. You watch, like, I watch like, all this. these yeah. Robert De Niro and his DID <laughs> issues. Yeah. Totally. So speaking of sleazy, um, high concept movies, I made you watch a movie from last year <laughs> called Truth or Dare from Bloom House. another studio picture.
1: Yes. So do you notice that they, we have, so all of our titles are like all three words too, ready or, or not. Dare. Truth or Dare. Hide, Hide and, and seek. seek. Yeah. Okay. Well, I just thought i <laughs> point that out. <laughs> Hide
0: and seek actually gets name dropped in this movie once. So I didn't feel like it was that tenuous of a connection. Uh, so really brief synopsis on this. Cause the story is very bare bones, but this group of like college students are spring breaking in Mexico and they go to this abandoned church. That's like cursed. The yeah. They get drawn there by a stranger in a bar who like lures them in with the tequila pretty much. And they play a game of truth or dare in this haunted church and it turns out that the stranger was luring them into this cursed game. Long story short, the church is cursed because a priest who used to work there prayed on children at the convent.
1: P-R-E-Y. Yeah. He didn't pray. No,
0: he prayed <laughs> as a like predator. As a
1: pedophile. Yeah. yeah.
0: Thankfully, none of that is on screen. We don't have to look at any Thank flashbacks of that. But uh, they used to play games around the convent because they were mm. children. So they play like hide and seek is one of the ones they mention in like, schoolyard games. Right. Uh, and one of them... In playing Truth or Dare, they accidentally summoned this demon that has been passed along as they've dragged more and more people into this game. And it's gone through, like, generations to this group of college kids. Uh, (laughs) Because what happens is when you play Truth or Dare, uh, it goes in a circle in your normal order. Right. And when it's your turn, you answer Truth or Dare. And you have to play. You cannot turn it down. You have to do the dare or say the... Or answer honestly. Answer honestly. Yeah. Or you will be killed immediately. and or you kill yourself. Or kill yourself. Yeah. And if you complete the dare, you might die anyway, because a lot of them are, like, death-defying. So the moralism of the film is twofold. One is it, it values truth, and mm-hmm. it, like, brings out a lot of people lying and people making themselves seem better than they actually are. Like, if a character says, like, oh, I would sacrifice my life to save 100 people, the game, like, immediately tries to, like, call their bluff on that. Right. And it's also about people willing to hurt other people to save themselves, so like bring more and more players into the game so it takes longer for the turn come, to come back around to you. Right. Uh, and a lot of characters who pretend that they're charitable and and like would sacrifice themselves to save others are um, constantly shown to be liars because they'll willingly bring other people into the truth or dare game so that they can survive just slightly longer. I saw this in the theater. I had a lot of fun with it for a very obvious reason that I'll just delay for a minute uh, because I want to ask you just first off what did you think of Truth or Dare?
1: I thought it was really fun. Yeah, it's fun. Like it was so it was stupid but it was a lot of fun.
0: I'm kind of worried about that because in the theater it was great because there's like a lot of like vocal reactions like gasping Um, (laughs) mostly because the demon in this game is a messy bitch. It loves drama.
1: (laughs) And um, whenever the demon gets into people it gets like a very dramatic smile.
0: (laughs) that's the part i want to get to later oh okay okay we'll that, that's it exactly it i'm gonna put a pin in that
1: okay um
0: but the game loves to like basically shoehorn in these like melodramatic conflicts like it makes you come out as gay to your dad or it makes you fuck your best friend's boyfriend that you have a crush right on. and
1: it makes like the boyfriend choose between like two chicks that he digs right like, it's so stupid <laughs>
0: It's so teen melodrama, like CW. If the demon
1: was like a thirteen-year-old teenage girl, a mean girl, yeah, totally, (laughs) yeah.
0: And I love that. (laughs) Yeah, it it played really well with the crowd. Like people were like gasping, like, (gasps) and like, (laughs) like, oh no, you're wrong for that, and stuff like that. The screen, but I could see at home it being not as fun.
1: I thought it was fun. Okay. We're, yeah. I had fun with it. Because
0: it's not like a really gory horror film. There's like a few deaths, but they're not like, it's a PG-13 right. release.
1: It's, I just kept thinking like, are they going to pick truth? What question is it going to ask them? <laughs> like, okay. What are they going to say?
0: You have to what be. What are they going to do? You have to be in for it, the melodrama. Like, yeah. You have totally, to like.
1: Totally. Totally.
0: These very like basic generic characters, like seeing them moved around as puzzle pieces <laughs> to like embarrass each other. It's very, into like humiliation and drama. <laughs> Almost like watching like a reality show or something. Uh, so Which that's, is my jam. That is what I appreciated about it. But that's not why I love the movie. And this is kind of a tangent off of our main topic. I love this movie because it is a Snapchat filter horror movie.
1: <laughs> 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 yes. Yes, it is.
0: <laughs> uh, the main character is Snapchat famous.
1: Lucy Hale. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I've only seen, like, one other thing. I've
1: just seen her. She was in uh, Pretty Little Liars. Oh, okay. Yeah, she was the girl who was, like, 16 and having an affair with her, like, 30-year-old teacher.
0: She was in this comedy about three ways this year called The Unicorn. That was pretty funny.
1: Oh, she was in something else, too, like, a Netflix original movie about, like, her and all her friends doing drugs a bunch.
0: She is, like, Snapchat famous.
1: Right. Like, she's big for, like, the generation, like, under us, I think. Right? Right.
0: No, I meant in the the character in the film, but maybe maybe she is more, uh, in real yeah, life. Yes, maybe, maybe so too. <laughs> yeah, maybe they're playing off of that in the casting. A maybe, little bit. but uh, she's famous for. Snapchatting her charitable goods for the world to see. Yes. She, like, broadcasts her, like, good deeds and it gets more and more attention. And she... Like,
1: her habitat for humanity. That
0: kind of stuff. Stuff, yeah. Oh, I'm gonna skip spring break and, like, build houses for the poor. Even though she doesn't ultimately do that. Right, I'm gonna go get
1: drunk with a bunch of people in, like, an abandoned (laughs) church instead. Right.
0: Uh, And she is, like, shamed eventually for being fake in that way. But what you get is a lot of um, triptychs early in the film of, like, Snapchat framing where, like... You know, like when you frame vertically, it only takes up like a, a third of the screen. Mm-hmm. They'll show like three columns of like smartphone framing uh, of her documenting the trip, which I love technology shit like this. Like I love unfriended and cam and oh, hashtag horror and right. that like tech horror You're stuff. Right. And it,
1: it sort of begins with it and then it ends with it, too. Check yeah. And it ends out. with
0: a YouTube gag. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and the specificity of this being a Snapchat movie attracts me in that like unfriended kind of way where it's like a gimmick specific to one platform. I've seen a horror movie called sick house before. Have you ever heard of that one? No. So that is a feature length horror film. I mean, it's like 70 or 80 minutes. It's pretty short, but uh, that was uploaded entirely to Snapchat. It was like a Snapchat story and it was basically like a Blair witch knockoff filmed entirely through Snapchat.
1: Oh, cool. I love
0: that kind of gimmickry. So that's already kind of been done before. This is a little different because it's a Snapchat filter horror movie. And like you said, the demon, when it shows up to ask the characters truth or dare, it gets this exaggerated cartoonish smile that looks like they barely put any effort to it. Like they just added a Snapchat filter to the characters. And there really
1: was a Snapchat filter when the movie came out.
0: Oh, God, that warms my stupid little heart. Yeah.
1: It looks like Momo. That <laughs> it weird does look like Momo. <laughs> internet demon thing.
0: <laughs> I hope there's a Momo movie in the works right now. Oh,
1: did you ever <laughs> see what Momo really is? No. It's like a bird woman sculpture.
0: Oh, it's a sculpture? Yeah. It makes me feel better. It
1: has like a bird body. It's great. (laughs) It's crazy looking.
0: In this case, too, they openly acknowledge it. Like the first time someone is asked truth or dare and in the total like messy bitch demon way that she says like, my best friend's constantly cheating on her boyfriend in like a public library. Right. They they got shamed. (laughs) She comes back and reports it to the rest of the teens and she's like, the demon looked like a fucked up Snapchat filter. (laughs) Uh, So they say it out loud. It's not like they're hiding from it. Uh, Right. So the fact that you're saying they actually had a a real filter, like, that makes it even better to me. (laughs) Uh, I love shit like this. Did that register with you all, like, the Snapchat of it? Or did that kind of fade to the background?
1: I don't know. I I guess, like, I I recognized it, but I didn't, like, look at how important it was to the movie until, like, I heard you explain, like, yeah, yeah, totally.
0: It's not the Snapchat movie. It's the Snapchat filter movie. It's, like, an extra thing. (laughs) I would love, like, one where they use, like, a bunch, like... The killer like looks like the stupid little doggy. Or, uh...
1: <laughs> the, like the dog where it's like, what do they call it? The thought dog? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> where it's like women will be like feeling silly today and they're like in a bikini <laughs> and they put that dog face on. It.
0: And then they just fucking stab you to death. That's, yeah. that's my ideal horror film It'd right be there.
1: cool if there was like a horror movie where... You, in order to find the killer, you had like this haunted filter, and when you were like out at a bar or something, you had to like put it up to people's yes. faces, and then like the one that it actually matched is like how you can tell who it is.
0: But it has to be something really goofy in a name, like it can't be creepy like this. Like it has to be like right. the dog, the thought dog, or thought uh... dog.
1: <laughs> hot dog, hot <and> the thought dog. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
0: Honestly, that's, like, a tangent, and that was me shoehorning in my normal <laughs> love for this, like, internet trash kind of thing. It's, but
1: Yeah, but no, you're right. It, it does kind of, it's not as intense as, like, Unfriended and stuff, but yeah. it falls into, like, that realm for sure.
0: And I also want to say this movie does the same thing as Ready or Not that I love, and Escape Room earlier this year did the same deal, where it escalates in the final three to four minutes to an exponential scale, like... The movie commits in the final moments uh, to its premise and goes like global, and it's like truth or dare, demonry. So I just lo- I left feeling really great after- at the end of it. It's like oh wow, they really like f- followed through and like got even weirder in the last yeah. couple minutes.
1: The ending is so fucking crazy, right? For this, where I, I loved it so much because it's not like a. It's not very wholesome. <laughs>
0: no, no, no. It's all about shaming these people for being oh, liars. Totally. And, like, selfish.
1: And it's so funny, too, because a lot of the truths, I mean, they are bad, but they're not, like, the worst stuff in the world where I'm like, oh, I'd be like, you just keep picking truth and tell me the truth. I'm not going to be a douche about it. Yeah. Whatever. I know you're doing it to fucking survive, so I'm not going to be an asshole.
0: But I will say when you're in your 20s, like, stuff like that really is hard. Like, saying who you're into or, like, telling your parents you're not straight or something like that. Like, it is... A lot harder than it is when you're older. So I think picking these like drunk college yeah. like sophomores was like a good I know, but like
1: they're still too old to be acting like
0: that it's true. And the casting makes them look even older. Like they're too old to be in college.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. I think are they college seniors?
0: Oh maybe so. I don't but know. But still,
1: like, I don't know. The the saddest scene though was whenever that um that kid came out to his dad oh. who's the cop. His cop dad was probably the worst actor ever
0: oh yeah it's really bad
1: it felt like um every time he was on i felt like it was a psa commercial where he's like what's going on son do you want to talk about something yeah (laughs) and well there's a part where he his truth or dare like makes him like hug his dad to steal his cop gun and like make him back for his life and i'm like oh my god and the dad's all like it's okay that you're gay i'm sorry
0: yeah He's like, no, it's not about that. I just need you to that. beg, just for, beg your for your, your life. life, damn it. Yeah, oh man. Yeah,
1: that part was hard to watch. Uh, everything else, I was fine with. That was just like, oh god, this fucking poor kid. Like, yeah. leave his, leave him alone.
0: And that's just the demon living for drama, you know? Fucking
1: church demon. <laughs> Which, what a fucking asshole.
0: <laughs> I will say this movie feels like it came out years ago. Like I thought it was 2017 or 2016. It was only last year uh, that I saw it in the theater. <laughs> I was like, why is this so hard to find on VOD? I had to like go to the library for it. So maybe in time, Ready or Not might fade from my memory in the same way. Or like Escape Room from earlier this year is kind of yeah. in the same vein. But I'm, where I'm sitting right now, I think Ready or Not was my favorite movie from oh, this list. 100%. Or at least it's the one I'm most excited about.
1: Uh, yeah, that one was phenomenal. Hide and Seek was good, but in like a different way. And Truth or Dare was like gimmicky and cheesy and fun. Yeah. like I think they were all really good in their own way. I would
0: recommend hide and seek most to people who love M Night Shyamalan. Yes. Like, it's such a knockoff of his work, but it's not an embarrassing one. Like if you just like to reclaim movies that have been like wrongly shat on, like that movie's thirteen percent on Rotten Tomatoes is a and fucking joke. It's not joke. that bad. It's not that bad. Yeah, it's good. Yeah.
1: Um uh, Rotten Tomatoes is so fucking stupid. It's it's a
0: terrible I don't trust system. It. Yeah. Cause basically it's a yes or no plus or minus system. So if you say a movies like three stars, that counts as like good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know
1: so before we like stray too far away from like Truth or Dare mm-hmm. I just wanted to like mention how like the dialogue between characters was so funny. Uh-huh. It was like American Pie but like bad. Like mm-hmm. the way they talked about like spring break and shots and there's like a part where Mark so Marky who that's the name of like the Lisa Frank horse by the way. Marky. Oh. <laughs> Did not know that. Didn't know that's why that's her name but so Marky is um, one of the people trapped in this truth or dare hell and Lucas is like her boyfriend and she says something to him like while like all their friends are fucking dying right in very gruesome ways so you've you've got like you know a pencil and eyeball through the skull like someone's breaking their neck and people are just like getting chopped off this list she looks at him and she's like you're such an idiot and then Lucas looks at her and is like well you do that to me Oh, God. Like, it's just a weird <laughs> stuff like that where I'm like, <laughs> I'm like your world is falling apart. You're gonna be a bunch of weird cheese balls. Yeah,
0: the movie has like a small mind. Like it is a it's, it's about those like interpersonal relationships it's, and they're and,
1: all horrible yeah.
0: relationships and they're all bad people and right? they're all
1: unhealthy. Like they're bad friendships, bad like romantic relationships. It's just terrible.
0: I love the uh, goofball character. Um, who's like a douche and no one likes him, but he keeps inviting himself to parties. He almost gets in a fist fight in the bar and uh, the main character's like trying to stop the fight. So she tells him like, hey, they're doing shots in the back. You should go to the back and do shots. And he's like, I can't turn down shots. Everybody knows that. That's why we're not going to fight. Not because of the other thing that happened. He like walks yes. off.
1: Yes. That like weird, like frat boy douche humor. Yeah. It's it's so funny. So funny.
0: Also the unrated cut oh, God. from the library. I, I looked up. The I love difference. When
1: You're like the, the unrated truth or dare cut yeah. from the library. Well,
0: I got it from the library on DVD. I love this. Yeah. So the unrated cut, like versus like the actual cut from the theater, all they cut out to get the PG-13 rating was them drinking more. Like there were really? more Snapchat shots of them like funneling liquor directly out of the bottle, uh, and they had to like <laughs> cut back on like a lot of it because the MPAA was like, "That's not good for kids to show your like main characters just drinking hard liquor out of the bottle." What? Uh, <laughs> That's stupid. <laughs> But it's kind of funny to think of these kids as like alcoholic 20-somethings that are like <laughs> really terrible to each other
1: this like generation that they are that they belong to in this film is so interesting it's so, like i recently found out what like boofing drugs means and like i feel like there should be a horror movie that incorporates that tell me what boofing it's when is. you put it in your butthole that's plugging i'd never heard of this <laughs> and i was like oh my god like i wish they would have boofed in uh truth or dare oh <laughs> uh, yeah that'd be great i think that'd be funny yeah <laughs> I just wanted to throw that
0: in there. Uh, John Cena butt chugs out of a keg in um, Blockers uh, that came out last year. Great film. (laughs) (laughs) If you want to watch a pro wrestler butt chug. So
1: there was, you know, the hard times. It's like a. Oh, it's like 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 the onion. For punks. but For punks. Well, there um, there was an article and it got off the hard times into some other platform. And one of my coworkers thought it was real. (laughs) And it was like. Christian Bale is playing Gigi Allen in a new biopic <laughs> film, and he's been boofing bananas to gain protein.
0: That's excellent.
1: <laughs> so anyway, I thought I'd share that. You know, we got a butt chuggy, and I thought that was so funny. He's like, "What a weirdo." <laughs>
0: So yeah, more boofing in movies, please. More
1: boofing, more alcohol. We should let the let's show how like stupid these kids got. It'd be fun.
0: Ready or not, we want more children being hurt on screen and
1: more (laughs) more um power for females smoking cigarettes Uh, oh yeah
0: yeah more ladies smoking cigarettes yes and we want more unhinged robert de niro we want him to run around he's crazy at it yeah
1: now what would you do if you saw aunt helene with a fucking cigarette in her mouth wouldn't that just like make you melt into a puddle
0: i want aunt helene smoking a cigarette out of a cigarette holder i want that like holly Golightly plastic piece
1: i was thinking of of a capri those like really really skinny 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 not for oh, like yeah. virginia slim skinny you but can, like a third of you that can shove one of those in a holder make it even longer she's like yeah. the longest cigarette holder ever for Anne helene with the skinniest little cigarette she does <laughs> kind of have, like a corella de bill energy she's a little she shorter does. yeah she's the fucking disney villain and it's oh yeah dude and use what you said disney was oh uh, yeah She does exude some intense Disney villain energy in this movie. Well, that's probably why they bought
0: Fox, just for that character.
1: (laughs) And you know what? Great decision. Good on them. Good on them.
0: (laughs) Fuck them. (laughs) I hope they burned the ground. Um.
1: Yes, tell us how you really feel. (laughs) That's another
0: conversation. Uh, Anyway. Yeah. I think that sums up. We liked all these movies. Yeah, they
1: were all fun. Like, none of them were just like, none of them really changed my life. Yeah. (laughs) But... They were all like a good time in their own way, and I'd watch them all again. I probably will watch them all again at some point.
0: And our next episode, which is in like two weeks, we'll be talking about more trash like this. James and I are watching Jason Statham movies uh, for the next episode. (laughs) Wow. I'm just getting into him for the first time and trying to figure out who he is. He's a
1: fucking weird guy. Yeah, (laughs)
0: he's a very unlikely action star. (laughs) Yeah. Who looks like a penis I've been uh, That's it's what I've been hung up on It's his
1: neck and his bald head he they so a close together He's like veiny Yeah mm-hmm.
0: Yeah <laughs> It's all there on the screen <laughs> So uh,
1: Jason Statham the human penis so. Yeah
0: Look forward to that episode In two weeks <laughs> And uh, every day We post a new review Or podcast episode Or what's playing in New Orleans This week roundup Or all kinds of fun stuff nice. On Swampflix.com Bye everybody Goodbye yeah.